Welcome to the thrilling conclusion of Horus Rising by Dan Abnett. Will Horus Rise? Find out today on Zero to 40K, uh, the podcast where I drag my friends kicking and screaming into the Warhammer universe. As always, I am Warhammer Walter Stewart, excited, so excited to talk about the end of this book. As with me always are my co-hosts, Eric. Eric, are you excited to finish this I'm book up? so excited. Good. Because I am, I, I, it, it. It goes, it twists and turns for the, I think, 50, 60 pages or so that we had to read for this last thing. But uh, anything you're looking forward to talking about? I think just all of the twists and turns we we met. Uh, I don't want I don't know how much spoiler to get into here, but we met. So my favorite characters are in this section. I'll just say that. Right. on. Sarah, how are you today? I'm good. It's gay month, so I'm alive. Yes. It's, uh, finally Pride. <laughs> so, and I feel like this book weirdly is appropriate for that, <laughs> and I was not expecting it. But um, yeah. There's a real, there's a scene we'll get yeah. to, we'll get to in the first book, uh, first chapter. Yep. That I think is a really touching, touching moment. Yes, so we'll see if you have the same touching moment yeah. uh, that I have here. And Shannon, Shannon, how are you today? I'm doing good, and I was mostly excited it was a shorter section. <laughs> it is that. There but, were definitely a few times when I was like, what? Who is that? Well, we're going to dig into it. We're going to talk about predictions for the next book. We're going to go into our favorite characters from this first novel. Um, I will say I, for one, am super psyched. I've been playing 40K all weekend, so I am just really ready to oh, yeah. talk about Warhammer. Walter's, like feeling he's been bragging to me personally. I've been bragging to <laughs> everyone. He's <laughs> Walter, full of pride over here for pride. Yep. Yes. Yep. Full of my own personal Warhammer pride. pride. Warhammer pride. He thought it was Jean's just about, about, yeah, that's what he thought it <laughs> yeah, was. Pride he's in my Warhammer army. just now finding out it's not about Warhammer so, pride. There is <laughs> actually, uh, it, it always shows up uh, in my Warhammer group. Somebody made a whole series of pride flag space marines. Oh. Um, where they're all different space marines and they're all different pride flag uh, color like layouts and everything. And they <laughs> are surprised. I mean, they're excellent. They're like just somebody really spent a lot of time. Is there a lesbian flag marines. space marine? I think so, which is a little. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. is a okay. choice. <laughs> so. um, but that is what they went with. But the, the paint jobs on them are excellent. Did you notice Walter's wearing his sister battle shirt? Oh, I did not. That's notice. why it's sister, my cool. That's, this is a Warhammer. It's my cool. Okay. What's, what's the what is that? They're the sisters of battle are a faction in 40K where they. Uh, are warrior nuns okay in power that. armor that uh you they, mentioned them but they there yeah, was none of she looks a lot here. more badass than i well yeah. this is a very stylized version mm. but they all have this kind of haircut and inexplicably white hair like they just all sort of have white hair for reasons that aren't entirely understood for reasons and, of hotness yes <laughs> and they don't generally wear cool sunglasses and smoke clothes but you know they do but the little fleur de lis tattoo uh -huh. is a very common okay. common bit but they're one of my favorite factions in 40k, they're affectionately referred to as nuns with guns because um, they get to wear power armor and shoot. Well, bolters. I'm very excited. When when on the scale from zero to 40k do we meet the nuns Sadly, with guns? Sadly, <laughs> they're they're pretty far in into the okay. 40k. Isn't there a, like a badass nun show out with the lady from Glow, Betty yeah. Gilpin? There Isn't is, there? and I don't know what it's called. But. Sister Act. Uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> the timely it's reference not. number one. There <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we go. But Sorry Betty Gilpin is wonderful. If she you, is. And, yes. and I want to watch the show, but I don't feel like I have the streaming service. Say the right name now. again. Betty Gilpin. Betty. Although she was in uh, American Gods. Thought you were Gods. talking about Roz from Frasier, another timely reference. Yes. Her last name is Gilpin, oh, I think. Okay. I don't remember. Well, anyway, anyway sorry on. to go on a really long tangent about something that had nothing to do with Warhammer, but yeah. Mrs. Let's... Davis. 
Oh, okay. Is this the name is of the show nice. where she plays that. a badass nun. I've heard nothing but good things yeah. about nothing. it. But I suspect that she does not have power armor nor a bolter in that show, unfortunately, <laughs> which she would just should. make it better. <laughs> so, Henry, if you're listening, which we know you are, um, when you are looking to cast your person for your sister of battle spinoff show, obviously Betty Gilpin. So yeah. We, yeah. We, we got that casting down. Great choice. We've yeah. already met you halfway here, Henry. She so get anything. to it. All right. Let us get into chapter one. Abaddon shouts at his dad. Sanguinius throws some fruit. Oh, man. Are the Imperium the baddies? <laughs> so the chapter starts with they've met the Interrex, uh, If from last week or last episode, if you'll remember, from uh, murder. Uh, they they fought a million bugs and a ton of people got killed. And then the Interrex showed up and are like, dumbasses, we have a sign that says don't go there. There's stay murder bugs. <laughs> yeah, stay off the things. Um, and they meet the Interrex, and there is a lot of conflict within the fleet on whether they should make cool friend times with the Interrex or if they should do what they do and do the murder war, killing everybody. <laughs> um, and it is Horus happily is is on the uh, let's uh, maybe maybe make friends. Maybe I don't want to just immediately start slaughtering people. And Abaddon is on the other side and they have a throw. I love this scene. Because I like them just having a throwdown, full on shouting match. Like Horace literally like throws his glass across the room at one point, mm-hmm. and everyone else Huzzah. in the room, <laughs> yes, yeah. and everyone else in the room is uncomfortable. You know that they're all just like Torgaden's like trying to crack half-hearted jokes while they're. Yeah. Sc- it's like your bro and your dad are screaming at each other and all the other kids are like, oh, I don't want to be a part of this yeah. conversation at all. Um, well, I'm on team Loken because as I hinted at earlier, my favorite characters are in this section. I love the interex. I want to read a book about the interex. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why are we wasting our time with lunar wolves? <laughs> uh, yeah. They seemed really well, cool. They, mm-hmm. they really did. Yeah. But they're so, just like literally, I mean, I can't even give examples because literally everything about Although them I think I I'm, loved. I'm having a little bit of a hard time seeing how this Aria music is going to translate well to screen. I find mm-hmm. I would find it to be extremely annoying. <laughs> yeah. I it reminded me like, is it something like since this all has like a medieval kind of bent to it right. in a lot of ways. Is it like that they just have like a little chorus like that follows them around with lutes and plays music? Because that's what I was imagining. It's like, that's the most insufferable. (laughs) Well, they talk about it's almost worse because they kind of implied sort of a one man band arrangement where it was like the one person wearing an instrument and it plays like everything. It's just like an accordion and like a foot. Symbols behind it. He worked a theremin in there. I mean, sci-fi. It's got to have a theremin. Spacey. But yeah, and it's like they imply that it's like this technological item. But yeah, you can only imagine that he's got the accordion keys on there. And yeah, just it's subjectively everything. subjectively a funny mental image <laughs> that as these very important figures are talking, there's just some dude behind them with a music box, like just making music. <laughs> just going. To, and then my favorite, I think it comes up later because they're talking to Horace and he's like, I'm Horace, the war master. And they point out how that makes like a discordant jang yeah. in the music. <laughs> And I know that they want it to be like this moment of like, oh, war men, they're, bad. they're the baddies. Again, this sort of thing. But I can only imagine that it's like the guy like dropping his instrument, yeah. like <laughs> slipping on it <laughs> and having shock. a struggle. Right? It's like, war the Frank. Oh, terrible thing. On similar note with the music, I do think it's funny that they're like, we left you this super clear warning and you guys just went into this planet. It's like, you played a bunch of songs on a satellite. Like, 
<laughs> Other than you, no one's going to know what that means. Right. <laughs> no, it's uh, universal. Yeah, it's math. I remember it's Horace universal. said it's math. Yeah. But yeah. apparently hard to translate. Yeah, and especially yeah. when they reveal that they just speak basically the same language. Right. <laughs> right. And it's like... Which I, is amazing after, like, how many years? Like, almost 30,000 years of... Well, this well, I don't is, know when. This I, is, how long has the dark... This is, was it called the dark night? Yes, the age of night. Okay. Um, it, it, it's unclear. It's oh. it's thousands of years, but yeah, it's... Yeah, just think about how much the English language has changed in just, like, a few hundred years. Right. Yeah. Can you imagine that they can still talk to each like other? Like, on entirely different planets. After being apart for that long? No. No. Um, They're but like, I, oh, I, I recognize Megarachnid. I recognize <laughs> the roots. The same roots. The same roots, yeah. I'm like, okay, dude, we get it. You know old stuff. But, yeah, I do love that they... And in all of their conversations, they speak and have the music playing as like an accompaniment. Yeah. To like it. But then on the message, they just don't do that. Right. It's just the music. And then they're like, I don't understand why you didn't yeah. listen to our warning. bro." Right. And I mean, maybe a nope picture for Henry that's Cavill. like a spider, like tearing somebody's head off yeah. and like an X don't go here. Yeah. You know? They could have put like a sign. Right. It is that question nope. of we talk about how to hide our nuclear waste on the planet and how we. Oh, it's like that. Shit, and they pick friend. Aria. That is one of my favorite conversation topics. <laughs> this is a weird aside, but one of my most interesting topics is yes, how do you like cover up nuclear waste and make it a warning that will last ten thousand years so people won't go there? Yeah, because so we're gonna get sidetracked now. Um, <laughs> but like because you make this message. And then, you know, you tell people, it's like, oh, don't come here. There's dangerous stuff. It'll give you cancer and you'll get a disease and you'll die. And people are like, oh, it's a curse. Yeah, that's where treasure is. And it's like, <laughs> I am going to dig up that treasure. And you're like, no, 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 no. We promise it's just murder sludge that will give you cancer. And they're like, that's what somebody hiding treasure would say. I know there's something shiny under there. And the Interacts yeah. just put Toxic by Britney Spears playing on the <laughs> 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 Oh, yes. Okay, well, that you has, know that's one that's of Walter's favorite songs. I did not. I do love that I'm song. I'm learning so much <laughs> I love that song. He loves Shakira. He loves Toxic by Britney Spears. I love that song. It makes song. some sense now that you Completely unironically. Yeah. Um, and in fact, somebody made like a line of, because there's a whole like saying that people have used to talk about like long-term nuclear warnings about how like this is not a place of honor no highly esteemed deed is commemorated here this place should be shunned and, and like avoided or whatever and then of course some people have made a bunch of booty shorts with that message like this is not a place of honor <laughs> booty shorts i clearly need that for pride ah yes yeah there you go um, this place should be outlawed and shunned, you know, like just, yes, on there. And you can get ones where they're that message, but they're in that like live, laugh, love font. Like in this house, we believe this is not a place of honor. No <laughs> deeds were commemorated here. Anyway, I could talk about this for ages, but we should not. So here we are. But thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, of course. One of Separate my. Separate tangent, real quick, a brief one. I'm really, I'm still hesitant to use the word nuclear because of the whole Bush nuclear. thing from. A decade ago or whatever it really got in my head about that still to this day i'm like i don't know if i'm saying it right and i don't want to be like bush no hey now hardly i think if the only the fond nostalgia anything like bush is because you say nuclear i think you're fine yeah, yeah. i mean it's true anyway uh, so throw down fight um abaddon super mad at horace and i like that even like horse basically sends him to his room he's like i'll find a new first captain if you can't 
Yeah, calm down. Come, come back to me when you're ready to apologize. Yes. And when it you better know what be you on did. your knees. <laughs> oh, no. And in a whisper. In a whisper. Yeah. So it better not be above a whisper. Yeah. I'm like, on his knees. Okay. And back uh-huh. to the zero to 40K <laughs> rule one. Yeah. Everyone's good. Everyone's good. <laughs> rule well, number one. Look, have we. Did you guys not. Whenever he says hard as rock, Cthonia. Hot as hell in the hearts. That whole passage with the lava spurts up sometimes, the heart as a rock with a burning heart. Like, it was very... I'm learning coded. how naive I am. All of this just goes <laughs> right coded over my language. head. Yeah, yeah, it feels like coded language. I will say I cannot hear the word spurt. <laughs> and I don't know how... Without thinking about wet loads. Yeah, without wet loads. I honestly be, don't know. Um, more innocent than I realized. There you go. <laughs> we're you're, we're bringing you down to our level. So, um, but then he he tells a story that leads into he tells a story about yes his time on Cthonia and he tells a story about why he he doesn't want to fight the Interex because his dad, the Emperor, one of the first things he gave him was a because he gets really into astrology here, um, and his first thing his father gave him was an ast- astrological text, which I'll point out wouldn't be the same from these two planets, presumably. <laughs> so, well, I thought he was on Earth. He was nope. on Cthonia. Right. So he's I on didn't this, even put that together. Yeah, right. he's on this other planet. And he's like, yep, there's the Sagittarius if well, you were on Earth. Well, that's why they're called something. Um, they're called future names <laughs> yeah. instead. I do like that all of his, uh-huh. uh, all of the Zodiac signs are... Sectratonium. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, if only. I wish they were... Genitron. Yeah. yeah. Taromach. Yes. Oh, Taromach is well, good. Yeah. And Arbitos and Scorpos. I like that they have 20 signs. Let me throw that in real quick. Yeah. Yeah. The you horoscope head in me was like, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, are there 20? You said there's yeah, 20 there's Zodiac 20 signs. Yeah, there's 20 Zodiacs. Yeah. I didn't know if that's. Oh, well, that's. <laughs> so, there's 12 in, in the real world. In the, if you want to call Zodiac. it. Well, if the you want to call Zodiac it the real 13. Zodiac. 13. Oh, yeah. Okay, well. I obviously don't know what I'm talking this about. This is actually, this is a point <laughs> where your guys' non-40K knowledge and my 40K knowledge finally synthesize. I had no idea how many Zodiac signs there are. I know there's some. Um, oh, there are nice. 20 Primarchs. That's oh, the idea. So, Symbolism. Yes. So that's what they're saying. But I was just like, 20, that sounds right. Sure, so I think they even did like the Star Trek rule of threes here where they mentioned variations on two Zodiacs that we recognize. Mm, and then they did then like they a third their, uh, wacky one. Yes. <laughs> one that doesn't, yeah. yeah. Yes. Not familiar at all. In Star Trek, they're always like great conquerors like Napoleon, Hitler, and... Space guy from the future, you know, <laughs> yeah, 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 con. Yeah. Space, when they're talking about their favorite artist or their favorite uh-huh. authors, yes, uh-huh. yes. Shakespeare. Yeah, because they Hemingway. have to. Yeah. Baldrock. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? They never go into detail about that. They don't no. go into a simulation where, like they do with Sherlock Holmes right. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually, we're going to get, there's going to be so many tangents, we're just okay, going to cut out sorry. of this episode, but whatever. <laughs> It's um, the it's, this is like the last day of school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is the short. This is the short book. It's uh, it's real easy. Can we watch a movie? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> but um, a series of books I like that I think Shannon was a lot less enamored by, um, Altered Carbon, uh, that got a Netflix yeah. show that I thought was terrible. I didn't really like Altered Carbon because he and he watched the show and he was like, ah, oh, the show made me so mad. Good, and I'm like, it has all the same problems I had <laughs> with the book. 
Well, it had all new problems for me. But the point <laughs> is, in here, one of the things I appreciate about it is it's a sci-fi series. It takes place in the quasi-distance, like hundreds of years in the future, but not like crazy far in the future, but far in the future. Is this going to be about Poe? <laughs> no. Uh, Edgar Allan Poe? Oh, no. See, that's, yeah, that's one of the things when they go to, whatever, they go to Earth and do it. But, like, all of the main character, because he grew up on this other planet, all of his pop culture references are bespoke to the world. Mm, but, and true. you know it, because he I keeps do. talking about it. It's like, oh, yeah, I, I always got to watch a Mickey Nazawa flick. And it's like, he he drew his gun like he was some character in a Mickey Nazawa. So you're like, oh, it's a it's an action movie character. Okay, like, I, I know what it is, that. even though I don't know who this person is, because, yeah, he's not going to be like, oh, man, I love old Earth Shakespeare from a thousand <laughs> years ago. He's like, no, he's a street kid on another planet. They did that other thing, though, where in the future, where human civilizations are are living on different planets or whatever, but each planet is a monolith. <laughs> oh, right, <laughs> where, yeah. where everybody yeah, there right. is into Japanese Culture. Right. Well, it was Japanese and like Slavic. Okay. Like those are the two groups yeah, that yeah, I yeah. got together on this one planet. Takeshi Kovach. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I hate that where it's like, no, this is the planet of war people. Oh, <laughs> this yeah. is the planet. I just watched an episode of original series Star Trek where the whole planet is stuck in like 40s mob culture. And it just <laughs> and have been for hundreds of years. It's the just so planet. ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. See what I like about the original Star Trek, and that's why the, that's my favorite, is that it doesn't take itself seriously. Right, it's really campy. It's, yes. Fun. So it's the yeah. same reason why Adam West is my favorite Batman. <laughs> but to tie it a little bit into 40K, there's a lot what, of that. What? <laughs> what are we talking about? Seriously. There are okay. a lot of those in here because so, it's like, oh, I was going to say one of the legions comes from a planet that's all Vikings. Okay. Ah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I just want to say, I know you already got into the story, but can I just say, I feel like Horace is constantly nagging some of these people. He's like the wise one and the quiet one. And just kind of like, I'll let you decide which yeah. one of you is. <laughs> he's purposefully trying to pit them against each other and be like, I'll figure out which one of you guys is the quiet dumbass and which one is the, <laughs> you know, I... I just felt like that was hilarious. They talk about what a great politician he is. This is the thing. He's, he's also a great pickup artist, it turns out. <laughs> real, into, real into nagging. So mm-hmm. he's got that down. Um, oh, and then he gets a, he talks about he got a cool ring from a gazillion years ago. And you find out that the emperor was born sometime in like ancient prehistory. It's like a, like a little side. Like at this point in the series, you just know that the emperor is this cool dude. Right. And he's like this cool guy who everyone seems to love. And he he has a bunch of cool science sort of things. And what he talks about just as a throwaway line, mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, this ring was made like in Persia, th- in Persia, like a thousand <laughs> years before he was born. And you're like, oh, the emperor's immortal then. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> he's been around for so tens of thousands of years. That's a that's a maybe fact. They, maybe they brought Persia as a name back. Later on, <laughs> it's actually this is Persia. I two. was actually, yeah. I kind of honestly just assumed that until just now, and we're having this conversation. I was like, oh, there must have been a different Persia. That's funny. <laughs> I did not make the connection. That he was so I didn't have immortal. any like funny audio clips, but I did. I think I pulled the um, Sagittarius story, like part of the story. Do you guys want to hear that? Let's hear it. Yeah. 
I also like that he's wearing the ring on his pinky. Because he has to wear this little tiny pinky ring. Because <laughs> it's, again, it's the constant bringing back to these people are huge, but they keep interacting with normal human-sized things. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's hilarious every time. So I, I, I think I remember why I pulled this clip now. is because I feel like the tone, and it was in the text, I feel like the tone of the text didn't match something here. And it also didn't match it in the audiobook. And let's see if you guys can figure out what I was talking about here. Horace set down his cup and leaned forward to show them the weathered gold ring he wore on the smallest finger of his left hand. It was so eroded by age that the image was indistinct. Logan thought he could detect hooves, a man's arm, a bent bow. It was made in Persia, the year before the emperor was born. The dreadful Sagittary. This is you now, he said to me. My war master, my centaur, half man, half army, embedded in the legions of the Imperium. Where you turn, so the legions turn. Where you move, so they move. Where you strike, so they strike. Ride on without me, my son, and the armies will ride with you. There was a long silence. So you see, Horus smiled. I am predisposed to like the dreadful Sagittary. Now we meet him face to face. His smile was infectious. Both Logan and Aximand nodded and laughed. <laughs> so, <laughs> I do sort of want to see... Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like that's not a guffaw line. <laughs> no. Yeah, I feel like... I just wish that in the audiobook, it's only one guy reading. It's not like a full cast. But if they had had just a burst of laughter after yeah. that, actually, let's <laughs> let's get track. that let's get that done. All right, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be Horace, and you folks be uh, Lokand and Aximond. So you see, I am predisposed to like the dreadful Sagittary. Now we meet him face to face. <laughs> good one, good one, yeah. boss. Yeah. I see what you did there. Yeah, very discordant um, when you think yeah. of laughter. Like that's maybe a half quirked smile line. <laughs> like not even a full. Teeth Is that like smile. breath through your nose when you type LOL, but you're actually just going? <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah. the maximum. Yeah, and because I'm reading, I'm actually reading the Kindle at the same time as I'm listening to the audio most mm-hmm. of the time, and so I could kind of seen that before he got to it, and I was like. <laughs> well, how is this going to sound? But I guess he just didn't even have to address the fact that it said they laughed. A hearty yeah. guffaw. Um, that leads us to my most important part of this chapter. When Sanguinius comes in with a bowl of fruit and yep. he's so excited that he's telling the story. And he's like, you got to listen to these stories when when Horace gets into story time. And then Horace is like, I don't want to talk about it. And then, quote, Sanguinius scooped one of the small red fruits from his bowl and threw it at Horace. Tell them the rest. He sniggered. That's, <laughs> That's a Britishism. That's a Britishism. Sniggered? Uh-huh. Like, but it's yeah. still like a little it's turtle, all right? Yes. Like a little chuckle. Yeah. Like a nine foot tall angel man <laughs> threw an apple at a dude and I then chortled. It's like... I think it's going to be like a Nick Offerman situation. Uh, his where little it's just giggle. a very like manly man, but he ha- he's giggling. I presumed it's like, uh, what is it? 
there's some like a cartoon where the dog would always laugh at oh. people and be like, he, 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 but yeah. that's like a wheezing laugh. Well, sure, but I don't know a snigger like or or like even a Nick Offerman like like the high pitched chuckle he does yeah. when he's like really getting into it. Just it's a weird scene to imagine again. Oh, this giant god of war. About- Nothing about the way that people are expressing their emotions in here makes any sense. Yeah, they really make this feel it goes from throwdown shout match to like teen sleepover vibes <laughs> real fast. They're they're telling stories, they're having big laughs, they're throwing fruit at each other. That'd be the most brutal pillow fight. Yeah. Someone would lose an eye. I mean they're power pillows. Yeah. Or chain <laughs> pillows, perhaps. Chain <laughs> machine gun that shoots pillows. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be Do yeah. they sleep? Um, space Marines do sleep, yes, although they have a... Do Primarchs sleep? I don't know. Probably not as much. The Space Marines have a cool organ that lets them not have to sleep very often, though. A catalepsium node. There you go. There's your There's your little bit of nobody cares uh, knowledge about Warhammer. Walter has to remind the audience that he's one of them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this show isn't completely populated with idiots. <laughs> but he, uh, It is. <laughs> But yeah, so Sanguinius throws some fruit, and then I guess they go on, and, and they so anyway they talk about the Interrex for a long time. But the Interrex are space elves, right? They have a very space elfy <laughs> vibe. Yes, same thought. Okay. Yeah, they're the best. Although we haven't met. Okay, well, there's a faction in 40k that are space elves. We have not met the real space are elves. Are those yet. the Eldar that they keep talking that about? One, they have one line mm-hmm. throwaway. Yes, okay. we will meet more Eldar in the future, but Eldar are straight up just space elves like when they made warhammer originally they were sort of moving the fantasy game into space Mm -hmm. so they made that's why there's orcs that's why so they're space elves because they just were because these guys are still humans they're just well but they describe they have flesh of their ears distended and splayed oh yeah that's true but i I thought i had a hard time picture because it was almost the lobes did it i i brushed past that because i couldn't really picture elf ears i took it as more like big like fanned out like they're uh, real cup ears like bat ears almost you know like oh they did say it was bat like that's yeah, right yeah. Mm-hmm. oh yeah, man I blew the opportunity to use the word chiropterin but there we go so um i hope that you edited it in awkwardly <laughs> later yeah i think they were like sort of chiropterin <laughs> Not that like. What was the noise from last time? Pew, pew, pew. (laughs) 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 There we go. All right. They go on to talk about the, how do they pronounce this in the audiobook? The Kynebrack? The Kynebrack? Kynebrack. Kynebrack. Okay. Um, That sound like they're space apes. And uh, it's a really big deal that the Interax, crazy as this is, doesn't just exterminate every alien species that they run into. And Horse is like, hold on. What if... I know this is crazy. We didn't exterminate every alien race that we saw. <laughs> right. And everyone's like, uh, sounds made up. Yeah, I don't we're uncomfortable with this. Um, but yeah, he's really trying to maybe turn it around and think about that. They shouldn't just do a ton of murder. But to be fair, the Interax doesn't murder everyone, but they do like. Subjugate them into like indentured servitude a lot, it sounds like, which yeah, is they have a uncomfy. weird. Yeah, but they like really Prison planet kind of stuff. Happening. Yeah. Well, and they made it sound with a kinebrag too that they're like they were happy to shackle their right. their destiny onto these plucky humans that are so great and, and it's like we have their best interests at heart. Yeah. That, that feels a real, real <laughs> like somebody's going to write a, uh, a new history book. You know, the kinebrag history of the interacts that's going to be like, Ugh. yeah. Okay, can I just? I'm just going to pause here and ask you guys something. 
what the fuck is the connection between the Sagittary and the Interrex? <laughs> what is he trying to say? Oh, well, later on you find out that they have like centaur this armor. Is it because like, they have centaur. the centaur yeah. armor? That's what I think. That's it? Yeah. And I think, I think you were looking too deep. Well, <laughs> and I think from the earlier chapter when they're talking about where they should go, the idea so is that bad. the Interrex planet is in what from Earth would be Sagittarius. Ah. Like, uh, that's uh, it. He's just talking about the star system. And there. then, yeah, because like when he was talking about where to go, he's like, and then we could go here. And they're like, well, it's in this region of space. That's, you know, and he's like the dreadful Sagittarius. Oh, I'm so stoked because of this thing that I have a story about. But it is very changed. It's like he's a set. He's a centaur. They're a centaur. Yeah, they're in the centaur. I don't feel like, I feel, they're horse girls. I feel like right. they're trying to make it. <laughs> they're trying oh. to make it sound deep though oh yeah okay but now that you say that they're horse girls i just really want all of their aesthetic (laughs) is now like lisa frank um but yeah they find out that they have cool centaur armor they have bows Mm -hmm. they're all just for decoration and that wasn't foreshadowing at all no (laughs) it's like everything and i love that they're like almost insulted by it they're like they brought bows these motherfuckers like, <laughs> super mad about that um and they start having all of these we go on to a long time of having different exchanges back and forth between the interx and the thing this is when we get the moment where he's all mad about the war master uh title and they're all like Ooh, war master that's that's pretty bellicose and i like that they're like is your fleet military and he's like there's some military in it, yeah, a little bit. That's a part because you know, galaxy's dangerous. Not we are a giant murder fleet <laughs> that murders everything we encounter. Right. Yeah. Um, and then yes, they run into the Kinnebrack that are all like, "Oh, these are I feel aliens." Like Horace is kind of like a guy on like a dating app who doesn't want to say exactly what he's like, but wants to like gloss over some issues. You know, he's like trying to put on like like put a spin on it. What's the best you know? face I can put to? Yeah, he feels like he's trying to date the Interacts. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and especially when they're like, we are the Great Crusade. And it's like, ah, oh, that's, yeah, we're not going to call it that. It's like Ixnay on the Usaid yeah, Cray. Have, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have Crusades in our old documents we have from Earth. Right. Well, you know? naturally. Um, and then they go on to talk about why that they're not going to wipe out the aliens. And that's like, we, we don't have the right to exterminate aliens and everything. And he really, uh, and, and, Horace really, really apologizes for misreading everything and, again, has a real are we the baddies uh, revelation yeah, moment. I feel like and just to kind of expand upon what I was saying earlier about the dating, I feel like the Interex is the manic pixie dream girl in this situation <laughs> where Horace kind of feels like maybe this is the person who can change me for the better. But He's- but it ended in a more realistic way than most movies where he just wants to murder everyone yeah. instead of being a better person. <laughs> yeah. As there. For sure. The rom-com Horace and the Interacts so <laughs> spin-off. Um, that leads us to chapter two. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Sorry, I'm interrupting. One. No, interrupt away. So, okay. Last section. I don't know if, if I said this in my, in our predictions or whatever, but something that was really distracting to me whenever we were meeting the spiders, the giant spiders with armor and weapons and stuff. Yes. My question was like, is this the kind of literary universe, if we're getting kind of like, you know, out of character or whatever, uh, is this the kind of universe where bugs just evolve to have guns and stuff? Or did time. and I kind of assumed at the end of that section when like these 
spaceships arrived. It was like, oh, these are the people that like designed and built these spiders. And then it's like, nope. Nope. So now I still now I'm kind of coming to you hat in hand. Like, is this a universe? Do we the spiders? Are they like a faction in the game? Is there a history for who built these spiders or is this just a throwaway? You will never see a mega arachnid again. God damn it. <laughs> so, Don't so we'll worry, just never they have know. other big bugs. Yes. Yeah, but I want to know, I think, you know. I think I mentioned them before that how Walter tyranids. had me paint his tyranids and then kind of gave them away. I felt really proud of some of those that well, I painted. So I guess then can you speculate, knowing what you know about the world, should I believe that some prior race built these bugs or is this the kind of literary world where you can evolve weaponry. Either of those are extremely plausible things okay. in the Warhammer universe. Um, I think they would have disarmed them if those were weapons like that they could remove from their bodies. Well, yeah, I think that they are. You know, I just didn't know if they were like genetically designed. Um, 1,000 years ago, right. a oh. race came in and there's did science magic. And- There's a lot of Warhammer history of ancient races creating further on races yeah um to be like soldier clients i'm gonna assign that to you you're gonna write the story of the origins of the mega <laughs> okay. of the mega arachnid <laughs> fantastic assignment time <laughs> um but chapter two anid rathbone administrix this erebus fella seems on the level and lucius gets punched right in his stupid face <laughs> so um i, I don't know why i'm so fascinated by anid rathbone administrix i, I think, think it's because they refer to her enid i think enid okay that makes sense it's a-e-n-i-d yeah. so but i love the title administrix which doesn't make any sense from any level because my that's my title now Administrix. yeah well because even it should be an administratrix like you, you replace it's like a, a, you know, a dominator and a dominatrix or an aviator and an aviatrix. It's not an administrator. <laughs> it's an administrator. I don't think we call them aviatrixes anymore. Well, but we did. <laughs> there was a long time when you could replace any or thing with mm-hmm. X for mm-hmm. the female version. Yeah. And it's a little bit of a shame that we don't have like senatrixes and senators in <laughs> uh, there and everything. But um that would make, like, Marjorie Taylor Greene sound way too cool if it was, like, a Congress <laughs> trick well, you right. like or something. Like, no. This should not be allowed to sound neat. No. So, but this... Oh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I just... There, a lot of talk about taxes in this chapter, which is um, a very exciting, exciting yes, time. so much talk about taxes. We just discovered this long-lost human race, but taxes. Right. <laughs> Let's, everyone hates we've them, right? Am I right? Of, <laughs> yes. We've been putting a lot of resources into these planets, and they need to pay for that. Um, no, I. there was something that Abaddon did very early on in this chapter. He said that I wanted to talk about. Mm. I'm wondering if you guys really like this section, too. Uh, Abaddon glared at him. We know how brutal this cosmos is, how cruel. We must fight for our place in it. Name one species we've met that would not rejoice to see mankind vanish in a blink. And this really reminds, because they're like, oh, yeah, I couldn't, nobody could say anything to that. That's some good logic. And I'm like, have they ever heard the saying, you know, if you run into an asshole in the morning, Ah. (laughs) you ran into an asshole. But if you run into assholes all day, (laughs) you're the asshole. (laughs) Um, I feel like it's that kind of situation. Uh, And maybe they need to step back. 
Yeah, especially that seems from the get go, their whole thing is it's like, yeah, we have to wipe out all aliens. And they're like, all the aliens would just love to see us dead. <laughs> what? Right. What's the deal with that? Yeah. Why are they such dicks to us? I'm a nice guy. Right. I really started to dislike the A-team. That's what I'm calling them in this chapter. The, the Mortival? No, no, no. No, not the Mortival. Just Abaddon and Axamand. Oh, the A-team. Uh, uh, <laughs> That's what I started you. calling them. <laughs> the A-team were being some real jerks in this. There's also a good... Uh, you know, we, we talk about the taxes. There's also a good throwaway bit where Loken wants to share a humorous limerick that uh, Carcassie has written on the subject of taxes, um, which does lead me to I would love to issue a challenge to all of you, to any of our listeners. Um, if you can give me the best Great Crusade limerick uh, you want to do, <laughs> I would love to have a few of those to to read. Um you know, they can be as foul. You know, somebody can come from a system of Nantucket if you want, whatever. Um, <laughs> however, however foul or non, or, you know, clean as you want them to be. But I love the idea of Carcassy just having a note, one of his fancy, creamy notebooks just full of dirty limericks about the crusade. So nice. That's it. And I still don't know why he got to participate on this voyage. <laughs> um, if like the majority of his poems are probably limericks. But here we are. Um, but yeah, we talk about taxes for just hilariously too long. And they bring up the lion. And I was like, who is this? Should I know who the lion is? No, he is another one of these primarchs that uh, okay. you will meet they in the future. They kind of bring it up as if I should know who that is. And now that I know that there's Zodiac, so he's like Leo. Right. But it, like Leotron or. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um because everyone reading these books from a 40K perspective is like, oh, the lion. You know, we all get a little frisson of like, oh, that that guy that I know about from all the 40K I play. Um, but yeah, to all you, they're just like, hey, this dude. <laughs> right. He's another a, fucking guy. He's a weird furry cosplayer named the lion. Here you go. Let's let's do this. So. Sarah, is Arebus the person you were referring to earlier? That yeah, you're have like, we met him yet? He just shows I up just and he like clearly up. is going to be important. So yeah. actually I was confused about that too. And he comes up again later and I'm and yeah, he's I like, actually he's... forgot who he was by that point. I already. only remember because <laughs> in my notes I wrote down like like just like meta wise, it was like all of the signs say that this character is really important. And then even he, though I've never heard of him before. Yeah. And it's the last and then like is. 20 pages of the book or yeah. something like that. 39. 39 pages from the end of the book, yeah. Erebus shows up. I'm just glad Lucius gets a, a fight that he enjoys so much, you know? I actually have an audio clip from that. Oh, from the fight between Erebus and yeah, Lucius? Yeah, I wish they had put some, um, like, sword clashes in there as kind of some <laughs> audio. They did, did not. Did you did you have the part about how the musculature of their upper bodies are rippling? I don't remember. <laughs> no, but there's something I want to say about this particular passage. Uh, so let me just go ahead and play it outlasted 16 minutes. That in itself would have made it one of the longest sparring sessions any of them had ever known. What made it more remarkable was the fact that in that time there was no pause, no hesitation, no cessation. Erebus and Lucius flew at one another and rang blows off one another's blades at a rate of three or four a second. It was relentless, extraordinary, a dizzying blur of dancing bodies and gleaming swords that rang on and on like a dream. Okay, so the, the reason I wanted to bring this passage up is well, because of math. Well, let's get a little context in okay. here first. This okay. is Erebus uh, from the Word Bears Legion has shown up 
to to ask Horus for something. He realizes that Horus is real busy, so he he sets it on the back burner so he can just be a cool bro and help out however he can. And they're practicing with him. A bunch of them want to have like a you know, little sparring matches with each other. And Loken is really excited to fight Erebus. And then Lucius, like the little dick that he is, is like, it's my turn. I get to fight Erebus next. And so Loken literally says, you go that if it matters so much, which is also a little kind of whiny on yeah. his head. Oh, they're all children. Yes. Um, and then so Erebus and, and Lucius have themselves a little sparring match mm-hmm. it's gotten really late at the slumber party and everyone's a little cranky <laughs> because they they're well, used to going to bed at like 8 p.m and right and no one wants to be the first person to fall asleep because right, you cause... know then your underwear's in the fridge and somebody writes a dick on your face exactly it's no good. <laughs> so this is another one of those that just like the arias earlier i was trying to imagine what this looked like so i just want to lay this out in numbers for you if i can be a little um what's her name the enid <laughs> Uh, in, in, you're an administrix. Yeah, gonna, if I can be a little administrix. Enid Rathbone. I want a whole spinoff series about Enid Rathbone <laughs> administrix. It's an amazing name. It's so good. And she does nothing in no. this book at all. Brings no. taxes. She's right. like, we're going to tax people. Yeah, it's going to be great. I got spreadsheets. So I just want to point out this fight is 16 minutes long. I'm just going to break these numbers down. 16 minutes long. And I want to put that into context. The fight in They Live is six minutes long. <laughs> okay. So I just. More timely references. Very timely reference. Zero to 40K. Someday if we'll reference something from the post 2000s. The fight between uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper and. Um, Keith no, David. Keith David. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, the fight between them, we all know as one of the longest fights ever on screen. And now part of that is because they're kind of doing you know, wrestler moves and and kind of, it's kind of a long, slow fight. But I also want to point out, uh, I I had to get on YouTube and look up some of my favorite fights uh, when I was reading this. And, and I just want to point out uh, the mountain versus the Viper in Game of Thrones, because I'm always, I'm always making this comparison. Oberon is twirling, twirling, twirling. It's a wonderful fight, right? right? Uh, But it's a lot of work. And, it took less than four minutes <laughs> between the time this fight started and his head was crushed. Spoilers. <laughs> um, well, that's and, one of the timeliest references we've made. Yeah, so yeah we better watch and, out for the spoilers for that. And so, and, and yet, that still felt like so much time because you know you're watching that fight and you're like, God, he's taking forever to just finish this guy, and it's less than four minutes. This fight is 16 minutes. Uh, that's 960 seconds. There's three to four blows per second. (laughs) And they specifically point out that there were no gaps in fighting. It was 3.5 is my estimate to make this. (laughs) 3.5 strikes per second. second For those 960 seconds. That is 3,360 sword blows. And I cannot wait to see that on screen. (laughs) (laughs) Which Star Wars movie is it when Yoda just goes fucking apeshit with the lightsaber? That's what I'm imagining. Yeah, yeah. uh, yeah, the clones. Yeah, Dooku. Right. Yes. Send in the clones. I forget the actual name of that movie. I just Attack, we, Attack, the, clones. Attack the Clones. We always called it Send in the Clones because it was funny. So. Walter has a lot of fake names for things yeah. and then he can't remember. This is why he's trivia is hard. Yes, because I only have a thing. But yeah, those swords should be gone. <laughs> like at that right. point. Whittled <laughs> yes. down to nothing. Right. Got to get out that lapping powder. Yeah. Extra lapping powder <laughs> to get this done. Um, 
Yeah, but I, I just, I want, I can't wait to see that on screen. Yeah, it doesn't. I guess you're actually a few. You're, you're three and a half short because it was the 59th second of the 16th minute that uh, the fight ended. So whatever your number was, it was three and a half less than that. So when the well, fight ended. But oh, okay. I see what you're saying. There, that last second didn't okay. they didn't quite get to 16 minutes. Okay. Um but surprise, surprise, Lucius wins the fight. Um I do actually this is one of those moments that makes me like Loken more, is that Loken's all like, oh man, I can't wait to fight Erebus, this is gonna be great. And then they have this like fucking insane fight, and he's like, Oh, Hard bats. <laughs> I do not want to fight either of those people. Jesus. <laughs> oh, this is intense. Um, and his friends make fun of him, basically, and force him into the cage to fight Lucius. And Lucius is all, like, pumped up on his cool win, and he won a fight. And Loken's all like, oh, you know, it's not all about blades. And Lucius is like, man, blades, I'm real good. Let's fight. And he's like, I'm warning you. It's not all about blades. We're going to fight however. And Lucius is like, meh. And then Loken just like drops a sword and punches him in the mouth. And he India, he Indian, Indiana yeah. Jones is his yeah. ass. <laughs> exactly. And then it just punches him right in the mouth, makes a little uh, rude line about how that's how Luna Wolf fights. And then Lucius's response was incoherent. And so we get to see Lucius put in his place a little bit um, when Loken just straight up punches him in the mouth. So I really uh, love that. It's it's a wonderful scene. Legitimately, unironically love that whole moment. Is a thing. So yeah, it's it's good to see Lucius put in his place. It's Mm -hmm. good to remind us that Loken is good at his job. So just well done, Dan. Good scene. We give you a lot of crap, but uh, (laughs) I'm 100% on board for that scene forever. Um, and then Erebus uh goes on to wanting to talk about the. the Interex, they want to go to a meeting. Uh, they get to go down to one of the cool Interex planets um, that everyone's, you know, they're finally going to sort of get there. They have fancy parades and everything. Um, they get brought to a cool weapon museum where they bring all the weapons that are too dangerous to have. And then I love that the all the X people from the fleet all of our characters have to kind of pretend to not be interested in all the weapons because they don't want to look. Again, they're all like really yeah. like keenly looking at the weapons, but they're like, no, 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 be cool, be cool, be cool. They're trying to trick us into like really being into weapons, but we're going to pretend that weapons are dumb and we're not like super into this. But they were, though. I do think that that was kind of a test. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're being tricksy times. They want to find out who they're dating. Right. <laughs> they're like, so how on a scale of one to murder boner, how into swords are you? So yeah. um, and then they they find, which is a thing that, again, as we're introducing stuff in the last like 30 pages of this book, the anathema and that the Kinnebrock made this weapon that becomes like inimical to the person that you choose it against. And they're like, like a curse. And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, kind of like a curse. And they're like, how did they make it? And like, eh, we don't know. It's weird. They make it. They make weird magic weapons and uh, we lock them up here. They say it's sentient metal. Yes. You know what that it reminded me a lot of? Well, D&D, there's some sentient swords in there. But it also reminded me of that RPG called Wield. Oh, I've never played that. But do you guys know about this? There's an RP, uh, a pen and paper RPG where you don't play the people. You play these ancient weapons. So. Your people are kind of like your equipment <laughs> right. as the weapon. <laughs> and like you're taking over the heroes that are wielding sentient weaponry. Yeah. If only we had time to play all the RPGs that oh, I want to play. So I many good like RPGs out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we have the thing and Cinderman's all like, oh man, I was talking about curses. These guys pretend to be all advanced, but curses, these wacky 
Interax guys. What's that all about? Even though they literally saw a curse. Yes, again. Recently. He had lost yeah. his mind about it. You're talking he, about, what was that guy's name? J- Jubal? Jubal. The Jubal thing? Oh, you mean that Jubal thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not a curse. That's yeah. no. not that. These guys are superstitious. Like, Cinderman's really gotten back. He's doubling down on his uh, on his Imperial Creed. How do they spell the name of that weapon? The Anathema. N-A-N-A. Thame? Because yeah. in like Wicca, your ceremonial dagger thing is called an athame. I think is how you pronounce uh, it. So they've just added space syllables to make it. <laughs> well, I think know. they're also trying to bring it to anathema. Okay, like yeah, being that makes sense. So I think they're we're doing a little conflation of mm-hmm. magic because these are some pagan bros. Oh, it's yeah. one of the reasons I like these bros. We got some <laughs> fantasy loving pagan bros, and they've got their Wicca stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, they have away. to lock them up though. Yeah, yeah they can't have away. that in the thing. So. Um, but that leads us to chapter three. I had a question oh. really quick. So I was trying to get a read because Cinderman acts like that was such a gotcha moment. <laughs> yes. But to me, the response seemed more condescending. Like they're like, oh, I guess you could think of it like a curse. So right. I guess I'm trying yeah. to get a read on how much the interacts are pagan bros and how much of it's like, I don't know how well you can understand our super advanced perspective well, I, uh, yeah. on things. I agree with Sarah's interpretation. Yes. Because I also felt like that was kind of a, oh, he thinks it's a curse. Precious, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think we see, we'll see in chapter three, I think we answer that question. Okay. So we will talk about that. Chapter three, Horace really wants to not be the baddies. Chaos with a K. And whoops, <laughs> the Imperium are definitely the baddies. <laughs> so it starts out, the War Master is, he's so down with the Interrex at this point. He's really starting to come around that maybe the Emperor, maybe murdering every alien you encounter and every human species that's somewhat different than ours. It's a wild idea, but maybe we don't have to slaughter everyone we meet and maybe we can make friends um, on the Great Crusade. And a bunch of people are real mad about it, but Horus is really, really coming around to this idea. And then Loken, they're having a nice evening walk. He's on bodyguard duty. He's guarding the thing. He's chatting with one of these Interrex bros. And uh, they start talking about this book that talks about evil, magical demons and stuff. And the guy's like, can you imagine back in the day? You see all the you know people have to write about how they're scared of demons. And Loken's like, yeah, man, demons, right? That's crazy. And he's like, oh, no, like, you know, chaos and stuff. And he's like, what the fuck is chaos? And I love every time he's spelling chaos with a K, K-A-O-S, um, much like I think the evil organization in like bad spy movies mm-hmm. uh, would be spelled. Um, but he's going on about you know, chaos and how bad it is. And he's like, don't you know the word chaos? And Loken, of course, because they share a language that's been separated for tens of thousands of years, but they still both know the word chaos. Um, and he's like, well, I know the word chaos, but I don't know all this meaning you put on it. And he's like, the Indirects guy is just blown away that they've been traveling through the warp. They've been doing all this stuff and they don't know what the fuck chaos is. And this is the big hint that there's greater things going on in the universe and that they were so scared of the Imperium because chaos is a super scary thing that makes people all evil and bloodthirsty and warmongering. And they assumed that these people might be tainted by chaos. And yeah, we're going to use the word taint a lot coming up, I'm sure. Um, But on there and... He's just blown away by the fact that they don't know what chaos is. And in fact, instead of being these like malevolent, warmongering, chaos tainted evil people, that they're sort of naive children that don't even know what chaos is. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, we got to You got to We got to talk to your guy about chaos because this is the most important thing in the world. So 
from the second chapter, I feel that they're sort of like, yeah, you could call it a curse if you don't know what magic actually is, which we do. We are yeah. firmly aware of magic <laughs> and how magic works. Right. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, so. it's not like demons or these like old superstitions necessarily, right. but there is something right. that you don't understand going on. Yes. Like, kind of, okay. And that there's this malevolence in the warp that they travel through. And I love how blown away he is, but it's like you guys travel with the war. How have you not noticed any of this? It's a thing that you're literally traveling through every day um, and very concerned uh, about what's going on. <clears throat> Horace has hinted in the past like that maybe they the top brass right might know something about it. But so then, then I wasn't really clear on here like. You know, because yeah. Horace is in these negotiations. You think there'd be a point where he, at least when he's negotiating, would be like, yo, my bros don't know about <laughs> right. all this shit, but <laughs> like not? I'm in the know. It's it's going to be chill. Yeah. But maybe I, they don't know as much as they hinted at. I really liked the interaction, though, between Loken and the guy who came over while he was space reading a book. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, because yeah, um, he had to. So. Space reading because it's like in a stasis field and you waved your hand you waved over your it hand to move the pages. Yeah. I actually, I like that. I think it's fine. And mm -hmm. it keeps uh, that book longer, better, longer. Yeah, I would love if that was real technology <laughs> that existed right now. <laughs> um, but there was something. Are we going to get to the the big fight scene here? Well, soon here, yeah. Right at that moment, I have something to say. But I'm going to hold off on it if you have anything. Well, else I just yeah. So chaos is this is a thing we're seeing and you all are seeing for the first time. It is like the major thing mm -hmm. in the 40K. Like the, the chaos is like the primo villain of Warhammer. So we're just seeing this sort of thing, like the first hint of what's going on. They also name drop the Eldar. Where they talk about it. it's like, oh, we talked to space elves and space elves told us all about chaos back in the day. But we would have figured it out, which I thought was a bit of a decline. <laughs> um, it's like, I mean, anybody would figure out chaos. It was nice to get a primer on it. But oh, you guys didn't. Yeah, well, you guys are dumb. But um, I mean, they're not wrong. Well, yes. And as we see um, getting into what you're talking about is just before they're about to run off and talk to people about this brilliant revelation they've had that they can be the bestest of friends now that they know that they're not influenced by chaos. And then the shit hits the fan. Yeah. So obviously, you know, he's getting his little earpiece and he's like, oh, oh my God. OK, can I can I have your weapon? And. And of course, Loken's like, no, you cannot. I'm literally here to have this weapon here. Right. Um, <laughs> but OK, there's kind of um, two things that happen here that I, I I thought were hilarious. So the guy says, don't pretend the Hall of Devices is burning. You've made your move. Now the Interrex replies. And then just like a few sentences later, Loken has no wish to fight and scarcely any clue as to <laughs> what had turned toll so suddenly and completely. Um, I, I would like to see those in, in, in like the TV show. I want to see those kind of swapped, like where it's like an arrested development thing where you see a flashback to them. Like, I had no idea why he was so mad at me. Flashback to him telling him exactly why <laughs> he's so mad at them. And I sort of you want know? the scene to be like, 
you know, the Tull, the Interax guy is standing there being like the Hall of Devices is burning. And then you cut to Loken and like there's a window behind him and like a raging bonfire. Outside, like, burn, <laughs> like just Inferno outside. Like it's clearly and happening right Logan's next door. And then Loken saying, I don't know why you're so mad. What's going on? <laughs> why are you mad at me? Yeah. <laughs> I like that he chopped his arm off and then didn't kill him. And he's like, I don't want this guy to die. We kind of had a moment. Yeah, but doesn't also do like. Really makes it seem like lopping a man's arm off and leaving him there is like he'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, that's... well, no, because two people came in and he was like, "Don't shoot me. Take care of this guy who's bleeding profusely." And they're like, "All right." Yeah, and then he murders they have space half technology. a dozen people. Right. Everyone I else know. that he sees, but <laughs> he, he didn't have a, a rapport he with. He had a moment with right. this guy. So do we think that they guy bonded. will come back? Is he oh, a named 100%. character? Oh, one hundred percent. That's in my. I was wondering if he like yes. had a figure. And even in the world of like oh. old famous no spear arm, arm you know, who <laughs> yeah. has a magic yeah. spear grafted like onto the stump Bruce of the arm. Yeah, and just put a chainsaw on yeah, exactly. stump. Oh, that's a good point. Because like really getting, at first I was like, man, cutting off his sword arm, that's pretty, that's pretty rough. But then, oh, they'll have you better. They'll build him back better Shop space. Shop Bucky space. Bucky <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I also want to see this scene. There's a little bit when they're talking about the fight. Where Loken scissored his back and legs and sprang up on his feet as Tull closed in, which I think is like a cool move for like a like a Jackie Chan or like a Jet Li martial artist to do a Jean-Claude Van Damme, if you will. I don't know how well that translates to an eight and a half foot tall guy in power armor. In yeah. thick yeah. power armor. Because they've talked about how thick their armor is compared to the Interex, which I thought that was funny. That kind of call back to, oh, they thought this armor wasn't great, but it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, Except it's not. The guys are like, their organs are pulped inside and they're just dead. But it's like, wow, the thing didn't go into your body. So <laughs> hooray, your armor's awesome. I mean, I guess that's cool, but it feels like if I shoot you and my armor is 100% intact, but I am a sack of jello inside and dead, <laughs> my armor did not do the thing I needed to do. Yeah. But they're like, oh, it's still, you can hand it to the next guy after you yeah. rinse the jello goo out of it. <laughs> It'll be fine. It's like, that's not good armor, but whatever. It's like that guy that kept trying to make his own Iron Man suit over. Do you know what I'm talking about? And he failed over and over again. But the suit would work, but he was just getting beat to shit inside of it. And he's like, no, we're going to figure out. I'm going to figure this out. He never figured it out. But he tried over and over again, and I respect it. Hey, give it a try. Yeah. So so Loken goes around killing a bunch of people till he finds his boo. Yes. And, and you see a bunch of laser bows killing people. So yes. they have cool laser bows. And and Horace is still like, no, no, no. Let's not kill people. Let's let's I got to talk to Naud, right? Naud? Yes, that's Naud. the one of the big Interax guys. Yeah. And um, and so they they go out of there. But but here's something that I hated about this section is like um, I can't remember who it was, if it was Torgaden or who who it was who was leading Horace away and had said something to him to convince him to leave, right? And they say, uh, oh yeah, Torgaden. They say somehow using words Torgaden never shared with Loken, Torgaden persuaded him otherwise. And I found this so frustrating because we see a ton of things that's, <laughs> that Loken would have no like idea about they cut to shit all the time it's like why be coy about what the words were dan's like he he just spent like all night trying to come up with a cool <laughs> sentence and he just could not get one done yeah yeah and it's like, like here we you, are 
when you watch a movie and they whisper something to someone right. and they're like or in a book words cannot describe the oh, feeling yeah. that this character currently had you're yes. like well you're the author so maybe you should find some words <laughs> yeah. to describe it oh, like, the most frustrating like thing all to of me. lovecraft like. yes, yeah. yes you, you got there before yeah. i did the most frustrating thing about lovecraft is like unspeakable this and indescribable that it's like okay but that's literally your job there's <laughs> there's a trend in some of these books that maybe we'll see i forget which when it comes up there's like you'll note that there are these weird like trends of things that the different black library authors run on but there's a whole section whenever they talk about chaos in the warp the uncolor of the warp Ugh. and you're like <laughs> and the first time you see it, you're like okay i see what you're saying and then over and over you're like i'm no just stop <laughs> stop with the uncolors and there was just a string of heroic deaths of people they actually name near the end. They're like, this guy, dead. This right. guy, dead. This guy, also dead. And I was like, who are all of these people? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Why do I care? Yeah, yeah. Zakes fell in the loading dock, his head shorn away. Who? Cyclos, his body a pincushion of darts. And it's like, you have never told us any of these yeah. characters. Flipping to the beginning of the book yeah, frantically. Yeah. Like, who, reading the, who the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it's better than third Luna Wolf on the left gets decapitated. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, we don't know. You've never mentioned these characters. They've never had a line. Oh. They existed here to die. So the very last thing in this chapter was one of my favorites because he looks up and sees the moon and kind of like gets his second wind for fighting. Yes. Loken, super into moons. And also, good thing this planet had a moon. Yeah, they can only fight on planets with moons. <laughs> Otherwise, it's yeah. going to be real bad. Um, did, so did they skip the opportunity to have the lunar wolves look up at the moon and howl? Because now that I'm thinking about it, why didn't? So I mean, they do all yell looper call, which maybe like, that is their howl. So, so maybe they kind of howl it. Yeah. <laughs> the problem you're going to learn, the problem like you're going to learn howl. going forward <laughs> is that although there is the Luna Wolves, there is also a chapter called the Space Wolves. And the Space Wolves are really the wolfy chapter. <sighs> and the Luna Wolves are really not. They don't lean in like the Space Wolves aggressively lean into the wolf thing. And the uh, these don't as much. So the wolf's kind of taken already. So gotcha. when they when they all got presumably when all the legions were divvying up the stuff and the Luna Wolves are like, we'll have wolves. And then the Space Wolves are like, oh, we got the wolves already. We, well, then you don't they're probably going to be this. relieved by what happens in chapter in four. Exactly. Chapter. I do want to say before we go on to chapter four, though, this these scenes are like my favorite literary tropes in the world where you get to the scene where it's like oh everything's gonna be great and you can kind of imagine the path where it's like oh the imperium makes best friends with the interrex and they figure out chaos and everything's gonna be great and all these horrible things that are gonna go forward are not gonna go forward and this is the whatever not to use the ted talky term but the inflection point or whatever yeah. where you know everything then goes wrong and you go so down the other path can we have in the show then can we have a uh, like a, a moment where Loken is flashing forward to this imaginary idyllic oh, future yes. where him and this guy are frolicking together in a field. <laughs> oh, it's definitely that meme that it's like the future if and then you say, you know, like one innocuous thing didn't happen and it's all like white shining buildings and super advanced technology and that kind of thing. Yes. So and then he could have been hand, hanging out with his friend and not chopping his arm off. But then the shortest chapter Chapter four, yo dog, I heard you like Sons of Horus, so we Sons of Horus to your Sons of Horus. <laughs> Maybe that Erebus fella isn't on the level, and Horus finishes rising, presumably. So On what level? I barely knew he existed. When I got to that paragraph, I was like, who? <laughs> yeah. I it is what well, I'd forgotten. So we're gonna see a lot of Erebus. 
um, in the books going forward. Not in this book. Not in, and it is wild. I'd forgotten that he is barely in this book. Well, he does have a 16-minute fight. That he shows up. <laughs> I just forgot at the that end was him book. by the time I got here. Yeah. And that the whole big bad of this Interex thing is revealed to be Erebus, that he stole the anathema. He apparently burned down the Hall of Devices. They're talking before, they're like. And I love that they're like, what happened? It said we they took the anathema, but we didn't take it. And everyone's like, well, did you take it? No. OK, I guess there's no reason to investigate or look further. Um, they claim that we stole this weapon. Everyone says they promised they didn't. So I guess we're good to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, in the, the show, is Arebus going to have like a slow-mo shot of him walking out with the sword thing as the building explodes oh, behind yeah. him? Hopefully. with <laughs> will sun- cool guys on. Yeah, don't no. look at explosions. So. Definitely not. Real cool guy moment. Yeah, that really frustrated me that they were just, well, we didn't take it and it couldn't have been one of us. It couldn't possibly <laughs> right. have been one of us. Never on the thing. Somebody- it's not like we've been fighting this whole time about whether or not we should kill all of you and steal your shit. <laughs> right. But there's no way anybody in this group <laughs> right. possibly would have gone like even not for more suspicious purposes. But like Abaddon is literally chomping at the bit to burn all their shit right, down and yeah. kill them. So and they've been arguing for the first time like ever. Yeah. Right. Glass throwing. Um, they also reveal that they're no longer going to be the Luna Wolves and that they will now be the Sons of Horus. But so. is Loken OK with that? He loves moons so much. He does love moons so much. And he is not a quote unquote son of Horus. He's just a. Dude with a horse face that uh, doesn't <laughs> resemble Horus as much. Right. So, yes, we right. forget that he is described as right. horse face and hilariously handsome. Mm-hmm. Is Horus still going to have a wolf pelt on his? I think he's still going to rock the wolf pelt. Abnet is a horse girl. Oh, there you go. Let's see if he has his. We're going to go on like his like website or whatever that he has. And it's like all the Lisa Frank stuff in the background. So. <laughs> it's like what he's really into when he's not doing grim dark. He's doing Lisa Frank. Yes. Um, so we get to that. Um, and, you know, Horace is real bummed out about it. Um, and then there is a left that finally they're going to do what Erebus wanted the whole time because Erebus is such a stand up upright dude that didn't just steal a murder weapon. Um, and he's going to go to a little moon in the Davin system, which to the three of you means absolutely nothing. And to people that know a lot about Warhammer is a <gasps> moment. So mm-hmm. we'll get to and what that And it reeked means. of that, by yes. the way, from someone oh, yeah. who doesn't know. It's just like, oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> I love the sheer number of things in this book. Reading it with you all, realizing that all these moments that I'm just like, oh, that guy. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Ooh, these guys, that's what we're talking about. And to all of you, it's like, why who care what are you talking about who the fuck is a lion <laughs> like, yeah. why and all these things it's so, it's fantastic how much they don't meet you halfway i i just before we end i just want to say one thing about that uh, erebus like reveal is that they did the worst of those cuts to a different perspective um where it literally just cuts to a different perspective for one literally One a paragraph, paragraph. Mm-hmm. i'm like you can't do that you can't do that yeah he obviously had a page count he was trying to stick under mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like oh we got to get to the next book so what cool song is going to be playing in the show Ooh. when Airbus packs that thing in his motorcycle and speeds Something off towards Davin. Okay, <laughs> now we have two. We have two uh, challenges for the audience and cast members. Yes, what? Give me some limericks. Give me some carcassi, uh, dirty crusade limericks and yeah what sweet song is playing when Erebus <laughs> is, is closing up his thing because yeah this is the last credit scene 
And uh, yeah, so do you think they're going to go like song that seems fitting or are they going to do the uh, the discordant like song that's not appropriate to it? But mm, maybe they'll do they'll they kind of uh, they'll do the Westworld thing where they have like a um, a song that they've redone. I was going to say, is it going to be original or a cover to it? It's going to be a cover oh, like a, of yeah. like a Nirvana song. <laughs> OK, well, I want everyone at home. Tell me what song. What song is Erebus is playing over Erebus as he's again hopping they're, on his space motorcycle? Do, I guess. Uh, you know. I'm going to register mine right now because okay. this is this is the this would be them borrowing from another superior property. They but would never, at the end of Games Workshop would never do that ever for 40k ever. I'm picturing Lestat in the Corvette at the end of Interview with the Vampire with um. Please allow me to introduce oh, myself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a yeah. That would be shameless and perfect. And I think so. they do a cover in that, which is what gave me that. That fox. I think that's usually the thing. It's to always make it more a cover. dramatic. Yeah. yeah, that's a solid one. Let's see. It would be yeah. cool to have the Rolling Stones in your Anne Rice property, <laughs> but but if you can get like a cool kind of gothy band uh-huh. yeah, to cover it, yeah, I do like that. We managed to inter- yeah get another uh, ancient uh, reference in, even to something that has a recent show. But we're yep. not going to nope. reference the recent show. Guess <laughs> who? Lo- guess who loves Anne Rice but has not seen the recent show? Oh, it's so good though. Gosh, it's really it's good. It's so good. It is. Um, all right. Overall book thoughts. Where are people feeling your first Warhammer novel on the books, as it were? You have now read one more Warhammer novel than most people. I'm feeling so accomplished. You should, obviously. Yeah. And I like I have a lot of editing to do. <laughs> <laughs> but how does this stand up for it as a book, as a thing? I realized and I wasn't sure how to feel about this revelation that this is the first actual book that I have read in over a year just because I went through like a funk of like, (laughs) you know, not picking up books, like watching a lot of TV, stuff like that. And um, I I really don't know how I feel about that. This is the thing that's (laughs) broken that I dove in with uh, this book. I think that there are parts of it that are, it's fun. It's a pretty fast read. I found like as I was going through it, which I like books like that. There were certain things, choices were made sometimes like the jumping around in timeline often frustrated me because I felt like it was just an effort to be mysterious without actually trying to be mysterious to be like (laughs) like they even did it in this section where they have this huge like cliffhanger with the interacts like that we don't know that's who it is at the end of the part two right and then we just jump in and they're like oh we're all like chilling now and talking and it was just a misunderstanding but we're not going to tell you for like 10 more pages what that misunderstanding was like he does stuff like that a lot that really frustrated me. But he's seen some Tarantino movies and was yes. like, "I can, I can mess with narrative." And I'm going to do that over and over and over. Yeah. Clumsily, <laughs> a lot. Yeah, uh, Eric, I liked the book a lot more than I was expecting. I, I really like trash, specifically trash fantasy novels or sure. my genre. Give me like a Red Sonia book, and I'm in heaven. Um, I was expecting this to be more on the lines of like. Maybe like a Dritz Durden book, if anyone's gone down the Oh, I've read a lot of Dritz. Road. But like I just recently reread shows a lot about my life. I just recently reread the first Dritz book. Wow. And I was like, this book is significantly better than that. I don't know what you're saying. Dritz Dritz Dritz. I thought at first you were saying Drizzit. Is that the uh, the art the D and D? Yeah, the the Dark Elf. The Drow Elf. Yeah. Okay. Is that what you're saying? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, that is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's like the... Luci- I, earlier when we when we meet Lucian or whatever his name Lucius. is. I was like, oh, this is their Dritz. Like, <laughs> I've got two swords and I'm super fast yeah. and I roll around. But like, he had, I don't know. This isn't like 
he's not Dostoevsky, you know, he's not, (laughs) but for the genre, I thought that this was surprisingly good and and engaging. I mean, yeah, his narrative is all over the place, but maybe it's not fair to only compare him to trash fantasy novels, but he had better character development than a lot of books I've read. I'll just say that. And they're all Gary Stews, so there's almost no, you know. Right. Yeah, because they're all like. like constantly the best at everything. They're just all. Yeah, they all start off as nine foot killing machines. Right. And and their enemies are nine foot killing machines. (laughs) It's just. So, yeah, I'm into it. I I will say that is my uh, I hold that the some of the Warhammer novels and especially this series are sort of top tier trash fiction Um, that they are not art. They are quick popcorn reads, but they're in a world that I love because of how nonsense over the top it is. and that was really fun. The nonsense over yeah. the topness, I really honestly enjoyed. Like, yeah, the yeah. world building was fun to mm-hmm. dig into. Yeah, a lot of these things. There was just a lot of callbacks that I if you didn't really. Care. Oh there well, were, yeah. There were some aggressive there were some things that once you try to visualize them or hear them, didn't really make sense. But um, oh no, but uh, you know the only reason I even know what drizzt is <laughs> is that did you know the Ice T narrated? Some of those audiobooks. Do you no, know? that's amazing. Okay. That's At least one of them. A fact I needed to know. So I that told is you that I've forgotten this. Okay. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> There's at least one where he's a part of the cast oh, for that. That's that's great. That's, that's the only reason I know anything about those. Well, we also at the shop know, we have a life size all star cast. We have a life size Driss Dewarden statue at at tabletop. I did not. Know he's this. right. He's right in the door. He wears a variety of embarrassing hats. And uh, I think right now his hair is done up with flowers. Um, but yeah, he's there. We we dress him regularly for different. Huh. How have I never noticed that? The least observant yeah, person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, immediately top. in the front door. I okay. constantly catch him out of the corner of my eye and can't figure out why someone's standing over there being weird. <laughs> this is like whenever I put that cardboard cutout of Poe Dameron yes. in my cube. And people were very disturbed by that. I don't know if I ever brought it up to. I don't think so. It was before I was at. I was working with Sarah. But um but people would like kind of come into the dark room in the morning and see this outline of a person standing in a cube. <laughs> oh, well, the cardboard cutout of Henry Cavill in this studio here has spooked me on a number of occasions. <laughs> I think you're just looking at me and being spooked yeah, all this time. Also, well, because <laughs> yeah, for those of you who don't know, Eric just stays in the studio between when we, we when just we power record. him down. This is why I yeah. can't watch TV shows or yeah. have better references. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> really nice. Sitting in this room. Time. He's just locked in a room Walter, all day. Walter and Chip. Walter and Shannon have an actual imperial palace, and we we just all live here. Yeah, the, yes, in <laughs> so, the dungeon. Yeah, yeah. So they let us come upstairs sometimes. Yes, when we're feeling <laughs> yeah generous for, yeah, for some of the holidays. Yeah, but the recording studio is in the dungeon. Well, yeah. Yes. Um. All right, then let's get to what I'm real excited to talk about: everyone's favorite characters, and perhaps everyone's least favorite character. Who wants to go first? Uh, my favorite character is the one who got his arm chopped off. That's a, really just going with a <laughs> last guy. section. Dude loses an arm. Yep, that's it. Whose name is? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Toll. No, Toll. Yeah, this yeah. guy gets his arm oh, chopped shit. off. Oh shit! Yeah, that was his name. Wow, favorite character. <laughs> that's my favorite character. And since they're like space pagans, uh, this is—I don't know if this this reference is too. I don't know if I want to go. He just hit hit a lot of Jethro Toll vibes, and his name was Toll. <laughs> I don't know if that's that's well. We I don't know, know who that reference is that's for. That's who we're but. casting. <laughs> I yeah. think uh, someone who is now one of my favorite characters who wasn't is Horace, and I really like Horace's um, character development. And I think uh, 
You know what? I'm one of those people who loves him now. You know, his charisma. No one else can you. make me feel big Horace or little Horace. Big yeah, Horace. Big Horace. <laughs> little Horace can go fuck himself. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say. So speaking of which, who's the worst? Your worst character. Wow. It's hard to choose. There are so many because you could go with Carcassy. But really, um, I'm going to have to go with uh, I'm going to go with Lucius. Yeah, it's fair. He's a don't even have to explain. He's just a dick. No, he's just a child. He's my favorite character to see punched in the face. Right. So I'm glad that he's there for that specific purpose. Yeah. 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 My favorite character that, like I said, might be a controversial Take given how much we shit on him. I actually really ended up liking Loken. He's kind of a himbo. <laughs> sure. And I really, I really enjoy just like sweet summer children who don't Aww. know what's going on. And he he's like, so hard. He he's, seems level headed. And... He's just, he's, he tries so hard and he's, he's not very smart <laughs> and, but is learning. Right. And like is surprisingly open to learning things in spite of his like seemingly like sort of meat headedness <laughs> at the beginning. So I ended up really liking him right. like in this like turning the corner. I'm well, looking. That's why like whenever Horace said, ah, yes, the wise one and the quiet one. And Lo- Loken is like, I don't know which one of those ones I am. I wanted to say, oh, sweetie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you don't know, <laughs> I hate to break it to you. Yeah. But also I feel like neither of them were quiet, so. That was stupid. I don't know. In a lot of the scenes with the Mournival, it would be a bunch of people arguing and Loken would come in for like one line at the end. He'd like zip out his, it's wig, like his zinger. Frodo interrupting the Council of Elrond to be <laughs> like, I will take the ring right. to Mordor. Yeah. Just the one. So do you have any others? Top? Top characters? Um, uh, Like I said. Because like I have three top characters. I yeah, do, well, we didn't do our homework. Well, whatever. Right? You can do every minute you want. I don't care. There's I no rules. initially really liked Keeler. And then she got a little bit. She got Jesus. Jesus-y, yeah. Space Jesus. Space Jesus. And that was a huge bummer. Um, I think we talked about this last time and I wasn't sure, but I think I turned a corner on Carcassy. Is yes, that how they say his yes. name? He, he ended up like, he's kind of a pig and I don't like that about him, but he was also admittedly pretty funny. Like when he came back, like in the second. He might be a victim half. of poor writing where yeah. that him being like a gross guy just seemed very separate from every yeah he was, just had that one gross chapter and then he was like pretty chill yeah i don't know if it's poor writing or just the fact that they don't see like i think even just 20 years ago it was more like ah it's funny to pull a girl that's probably very very true yeah. that's like, probably very it's true charming it's not charming it's not no. charming. it's sexual harassment but you're probably right it was like a <laughs> supposed to be a little character building it's or supposed something. to be like, like a, a positive yeah. positive character yeah. building it doesn't yeah. read the same way like us men can like this character he's yeah he he's knows what's like what <laughs> i think you also have to get a certain number of pages away from generously upholstered in flesh before you can like like a guy That's so it's like i'm gonna have a hard time liking this character until i have a certain amount of distance between him in that line. Much like the flesh sausage that was Loken or whatever that. Yeah, that description. <laughs> you know. yeah, Carcassy reminds me, like that description, I kept thinking of, I don't know if anyone's played like the newer Resident Evil um, game, like with the uh, the like merchant guy, the like big. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, oh, this is a distri- I... distressingly recent reference. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't yes. remember his name, but, but that, yes, the, the big... tone, he was very jokesy as well. And yes. he's like a very large. And he's always man. sitting on the back of the wagon yes. or whatever. And you're. Yeah. That's who I thought of every time. Yes. To be fair, I always feel like Sarah has the most recent references because, <laughs> you know, they're younger. 
Yeah. <laughs> so much younger. So well, somebody's got to be. Cause... We're, we're doing Sarah like a big disservice by yeah. being so out of touch. <laughs> I just I'm one of those like 35 year olds on TikTok that <laughs> doesn't say anything because I know I'll get ripped by <laughs> Gen Z. But I you keep wanna, my finger on the pulse. Want to see what's going on? Yeah. All right. Worst character. I really didn't like Abaddon by the end. I thought he was really annoying. Um, He's the one that's anti. Yeah. Anti-Anthrax and just very much like a follower type, like doesn't question anything kind of annoying figure. But I think my least favorite overall, and we don't really ever see him much again, but is I think Eidolon is the guy on uh, Spiderland who yes. was very yeah. adamant about yeah. We're going to go in here and even though we keep dying, like, I'm just going to keep throwing men at this problem because I want to be the victor and I want the glory. You're right, actually. I I changed my mind. Oh, well, Eidolon was actually also my Uh worst character, especially the moment where he he steals Saul's credit. It'll it'll ring in my whole list here. Um, But Eric, where are you at? Okay, so I'll go. I'll do a couple recaps really quickly. So. My favorite character, one of my favorite characters was Carcassy or whatever his name is. Only when he's drunk on the planet being <laughs> poetic. Yeah. Right. And my least favorite character was him all of the other times. <laughs> my Very similarly, my favorite character was Lucian or Lucius. I can never remember which Lucius. one. Only when he gets the bug arm and he's like so excited <laughs> to fight. Like, I really liked him in that moment. Yeah. When he my names, least favorite character. He names his move the Lucius. <laughs> right. Yes. All that's great. And then my least favorite character is him the rest of the time. I imagine. My re- oh. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I imagine Lucius has a dance move also called the Lucius. Oh, Actually, I want someone to make a guidebook of Lucius's sword techniques where they are all called the Lucius. Like every <laughs> movie right. has. He has like an old school book of sword forms, but right. they're all just, just called the, the Lucius. Lucius. Yes. yes. Yeah, there's just like slight variations on like standard things that other people of other greater sword masters have invented. And he's like, oh, but, yeah, but if it. you stick your pinky out a little bit, then it's the Lucius. <laughs> it's, it's all very Zoolander, Blue Steel. Like, it's all just the same thing <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. over and over again. It's more of a vibe than a technique. <laughs> yeah. um, so then my favorite character was the all of the Anorex. And my least favorite character was the... First planet we went to that was never explained why they thought they were Earth, even though they were different. I thought that was going to be the entire plot of this book was unraveling that mystery. We got so into that mystery. And then I just remember the end of the first episode, Walter. Yeah. Walter was like, we're never coming yeah. back here again. Nope. I was like, well, I might give them that weird, intriguing thing. And then have the Interex come and actually have lineage yeah. to so the. So what's the book? Uh, what's what the story? Horus and Rising. <sighs> All right, my top is Salt Harvitz because he's my boy. Yeah. And I love Salt Harvitz to death. And I love the idea of the guy who's like, you know what? I'm a real good sergeant. I'm just going to be a sergeant and be real good at it. And he's just this salt of the earth space marine that puts up with his child boyfriend, Lucius, and <laughs> just tries to kind of keep him going. Their whole, that charming conversation where he's like, are we still friends? I, anyway, warms the heart. Um, second favorite in, in my controversial choice, Yachtin Cruz. Um, and I'll explain why I love Yachtin Cruz so much. He's this weird old man and everyone just sort of like, he's the half herd and they're like, oh, this old man telling stories. This dude has been in the crusade for hundreds of years. He is 
steeped in blood and slaughter. He has undoubtedly killed thousands, tens, hundreds of thousands of aliens and humans. And everyone's just like, oh, that cruise. He's just a weird old man. And it's like, you know, he slaughtered just countless intelligent life forms like he is he is ways deep in blood and he's just this goofy old man telling stories all the time and i think that's wild Back he's got a patchy day, beard we would have slaughtered more <laughs> like, i don't feel you can have a space marine who's this again genetically enhanced slaughter machine and just be a dork just be this <laughs> weird old dork who no one likes to listen to and whatever but periodically you know he's going down to planets and it's like oh yeah yakton cruz just killed 80 Fuck people shit, huh? <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, yeah. Remember when he stabbed his chainsaw through that guy's face? Yeah, but then he told another story about the time 80 years ago he really stabbed a guy through the face. And <laughs> it's just wild to me. And I love everything about he was taking... the spelling of his name, though, that really is well, the cherry on top. That, yes. I-A-C-T-O-N. Cruz. Q-R-U-Z-E. It's I was hoping he would wild. just say cru- cruise with a Q and let them figure yeah. out where that <laughs> is. Cruise with a Q, like we, we spell. Um, and then uh, I'm on the uh, the carcassy uh, boat. He's just, he really turns it. Once you get away from the upholstered flesh, um, just having a weird poet hanging around a bunch of space marines, I find charming. Um, and I give an honorable mention, of course, to Ainted Rathbone Administrix. Best name. So, yes. She, just an accountant, really, yeah. like, is what it seems like. Yes. <laughs> And she is here. And again, I want that spinoff show. Soldiers so. bolters. She just slams a briefcase on the table. <laughs> yes. And it's like, what's it? We're going to the important work. Taxes. They have space briefcases. No, and have it's, to... it's spelled stupid. <laughs> yes. K- and it's, K- part K- her, it's part of her yeah. arm. Yeah. <laughs> or we'll have to figure out like a weird Latin-ish, you know, it's like, because again, they don't have like an iPad. They have a data slate. Yeah. And they don't have a radio. They have a Vox. So yeah. She what's... just fully <laughs> has like a kangaroo pouch that she can put in there. She has one of those number counters with the big ticket tape oh, that she Oh, that's very 40k. Yes. A calculator watch that's built into her wrist. Yes. And like the fingers that like all snap out to extend or whatever too. She's yeah. got two counting machines Ooh, that she can each hand can now. count different Hold figures. Right. Think about this visual. She has that little uh-huh. wrist thing. It has some paper coming out of it. And she's doing this, but she has these little needles that are coming out from all of her fingers. Yeah. yeah. That actually feels very 40k. So I'm on board. And very Ministrix. Yes. I realize so. that you guys can't see my hand gesture, so, <laughs> but you guys get that. Well, we'll go back to as we we exhaustively discussed how you do an aquila finger waving. So we're we're on board for describing gestures. Do they have gestures. to wiggle the fingers, or did it's you like make that wings. part? Up? I am <laughs> confident that they have. No, they obviously don't wiggle the finger. That would look absurd. <laughs> but I am on board. Oh, I like you're doing the little wing flappy motion. Mm-hmm. All right, slow and dignified. Like yes, yeah. slow yes. Dignified. are people more for yeah. wings or for jazz fingers uh, <laughs> when you're doing your aquila? You can't see us, but we look so dignified yes <laughs> there's no way you can take this gesture anything else okay well that brings us to the end of the first book a major milestone in this podcast we did it the next book we'll be reading part one of false gods by graham mcneil um, that is the book that takes place immediately after this one also published in 2006 different uh, author for the different so we're going to go through of, a lot of different I authors. Dan would do a trilogy at least. No. Yeah, I was kind of imagining and that too. I'm actually very Thanks interested. For all the words, Dan. Yes, I haven't <laughs> yeah. read this in a long time, but I'm very interested to see because at the time I'm just reading. You know, when I first read them, I'm just reading 40k books and chewing through them. I'm actually very interested to see what how he, they write these a number of these same characters we're going to see differently than Dan Abnett did. So keep your eye out for that. But yeah, part one of False Gods.
So, uh, yeah, before we wrap up, though, which we <laughs> haven't done, and this is not recorded. This isn't editing magic no, This isn't plugged back into the thing. Um, uh, what, what plugs? What are people working on uh, today? I don't have I'm, a thing. I'm working on the release of a podcast. Excellent. That's a cool side hustle, side project <laughs> you're working on, uh, a podcast release. Is that going to come out soon, this podcast? Uh, yeah, we're hoping to uh, to align it with the next release of, of the new Warhammer. Tenth edition release. of Tenth Warhammer. Edition. Well, yeah. I hope you do some really good editing work on this project because I really hope it ends up being good. <laughs> we'll find out. I'm not so sure. <laughs> Knowing that right now... This is going to come out so far after know, that reference yeah, you just know, made. That's why it's even You're like, what new Warhammer thing is dropping? Hi, <laughs> more. It is. Yeah, you guys, if you're listening to this, that You've has already You've heard podcasts. Happened. You know that this how this shit works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shit gets recorded out. I get so frustrated sometimes when podcasts are like, we can't let them know that we didn't actually take mm-hmm. a break for commercials. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't the first fucking podcast I've listened well, to, well, asshole. You know what's the best one is the, I don't know if you guys listen to the NPR politics podcast, but they're always like, we recorded this at and then have the time and date and they're like things may have changed mm, by the time yep. it's like yeah news keeps going yeah, <laughs> we know that no we're taking a new approach this is podcast verite we're uh we're not this we're not going to do any of this magic <laughs> as yeah. you're listening Shit. to this we're saying it right now and we're pretending we're in the past yes <laughs> yeah who knows we're that good <laughs> um, please don't edit out any of this, <laughs> this side tangent from the yeah, tangent. this beautiful. is so good okay um sarah uh i have a website I think it's linked on our website. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't posted anything in a while, but I am working on a short story that might be up by the time this podcast releases. So oh. there might be something to look at there. Well, I'm excited Hopefully. to read that. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Eric. Go to ericstrangefellow.com mm-hmm. um, for general stuff. Um, I don't think I've done this yet. I'm on Spotify as well under my own name. And then my band is Archer Arcana. So you can go check out either of those things. Nothing super new on there, but like you said, maybe by the time this comes out, there'll be something new there. And you can find links to all of their stuff at zero to 40 K.com. Thank you for mentioning the website that I always forget to mention. (laughs) That's fantastic. And again, we have actually already done the things because we're pretending to be in the past. Yeah, that's right. Who knows where we are? We actually know whether there's new stuff there. Yeah. I don't, like I said, I don't have projects. I just played a ton of 40K this weekend at the KC Open. So now you know exactly what date it was because the Um, big KC Warhammer. Uh, fest was You're this just weekend. pretending. So. Who knows? But yes, I didn't actually just do it because this is us doing it live. It's such a weird fit. Four weeks later, we're beating a dead horse. At this and point. The, uh, the, 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 wow, the, the number of, of listeners that came back for book two is three. <laughs> so. Here we are. They listened to this and just gave up. You should plug your store, too. I, I yeah. Think Tabletop Game and Hobby um, store that I am one of the owners of. We sell, amongst other things, a mountain of 40K stuff. And by the time you're listening to this, hopefully we'll have the cool 10th edition stuff out, which I'm really psyched about. Going to play a bunch of 10th edition games. So Come to further plug your store. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I enjoyed going to your store before I knew you. So it's not just like this isn't just, oh, we know walter so we have to say good things about a store it's legitimately a great <laughs> game store well, we and, it, and it lacks this is i think really important if i can go on a little gush about your store about my store that is always fine i've never noticed and maybe you've had guys in the past you would know better than i i've never seen like one of those creepy store owners that you're or employees i've never seen a creepy employee that i would be like afraid for my sister to go into the store but no anyway i'm just trying to say tabletop doesn't have any of that well, everyone's super chill there 
we we strive to again, not I'm be still gross. a white male, so I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> I th- maybe as other a like, queer gender have. diverse person, it's you know, it feels like a safe space. Which oh, is awesome. Well, I appreciate that. That's so what thank we, you for that's saying that the way that I was trying to say that. Thank you for listening. I hope everyone enjoyed the first book and will join us for the second. Um, and, you know, Henry, uh, you're listening. I know um, we have a little bit of time between books. So I'm just wondering, who do you generally like play your games with? And because, uh, you know, if you need if you need someone to sit down, play a little pickup game, you know, you, know who you can reach out to. So anyway, thank you. This has been Zero to 40K. Walter knew Warhammer real well, so he seized every opportunity to tell anyone he could about the books, but no one ever gave them a second look. So he thought, hey, I'll start a podcast. And he gathered around him together at last. Three friends willing to jump into the fray and go from zero to 40k. Zero to 40K was created by our war master, Walter Stewart. Production by Administrix Shane and Tierney. Music by Eric Strangefellow. Special thanks to Sarah Fecky. Check out everything we're up to at 0240k.com.